listeners to a film policy this time the two marked a review in Zack Snyder's Justice League do we think Mira's English accent and blonde hair is better than the original or are we grateful to lose the scene where Ackerman sits on Wonder Woman's lasso is Cyborg a massive MacGuffin to get Batman's troop carrier to fly has Steppenwolf got more armour than a Birkenhead job centre all this and more will be unpacked in this week's episode let me introduce my friend and co-host Mr Mark Pollard Oh dear. Well, first and foremost, English and blonde's always a winner. And secondly, that's a very niche joke about Birkenhead because anyone outside of Merseyside is going, uh, what, uh, what? I can see death threats coming through on my feed right now. (laughs) Well, if you want to do it, it's at Mark with an underscore to like the Iron Man suit slash megastar. They've made it so hard that people will never send me death threats because I'll go to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) There'd just be be another Mark going, what? Yeah, what have I done? What did I do wrong to Birkenhead people? I'm sure you've mentioned in previous podcasts people from Liverpool and also Welsh. Oh, don't you dare start (laughs) dragging me into this conversation I, i'm staying clean and pure on this anyway how are you my friend i love you all people <laughs> i'm fine thank you pal well i'll say i'm fine i've obviously just had to uh, engage myself in a four-hour marathon of a movie and then thought do i need to watch the original one because it's that long since i watched it to remind myself of that and promptly came to the conclusion no I'm not putting myself through another two and a half hours. Well, I ran the same thought and I came to the conclusion, yes. Oh, did so you did both? With a slight cheat, I ran them on two different monitors back to back. Whoa, that's some next level shit, that. Watching two films at the same time. I watched it the second time, but obviously I run the second time round back to back because there's a difference. The Zack Snyder shot is four hours, two minutes, and the weeding cut is one hour, 50 minutes if you don't include the credit. You're like the rain man of watching movies then. I just like to put the prep in, really. I think as we go on, people will know. That you do all the work. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, I think we can say out loud. I was going to say Marvel fans, um, (laughs) but I'll I'll take the other one as well. So what have you been up to since we last spoke? I was quite literally watching those films. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Christ alive, four hours of my life. Wow. include the other one, six hours. Yeah. um, Including piss breaks. I mean, on the basis we're all locked in our houses, I have just been working out. I mean, obviously working because you've got to pay the bills, man, but in between then just watching tv and films because you can't go anywhere i've been so much it's ridiculous in the last three or four things that you've been watched as a just a really quick what's your current viewing pleasures there's three things i can name quickly two of which were recommended by you so i watched the good wife and i binged that in about three weeks seven seasons in three weeks i then went straight on to the good fight four seasons i binged that in a week i'm just on season two of all mankind which is a little bit like the man in Castle. It's a kind of a historic retelling of what could have happened if the Russians got on the moon. Okay. And that, that's on Apple TV. Apple TV don't do much in the way of good TV. 
but this is one of the shows that actually is a standout show, and they're on season two currently, episode seven. Okay. Well, I've been watching, I watched The West Wing because it popped up on Channel 4 and it's been something that's on the, I need to watch that at some point list for ages. So watch that, that's fab. In fact, I've been going through all the shows that I feel I should have watched but haven't, so The Wire... I did The Wire, Sopranos, I'm working my way through The Sopranos right now. They've sort of been interspersed with films that generally come through. And I have to say the standard of films on the online platforms aren't quite as good as you necessarily get in the cinema. I don't know whether that's because you expose yourself to stuff you wouldn't tolerate going to watch if you had to pay for it as a ticket. So... Hey, you get this, people? This is Mark talking to his mum. All right, mum, I'll be home soon. Love you. Okay, yeah, 11.20. She's arranging yeah. to take him to get his toenails clipped. I'll have to check my diary, but I'm... That's because oh, he's got no life, people. Love you, mum, bye. <laughs> oh, God bless Mark's mum. Hmm. That's the... Uh, I think I'm ringing up to ask me if I can take a fair second jab, the DNA-filling AstraZeneca jab. That lady deserves a medal, people. <laughs> I was C-section as well, she does. (laughs) Films, actually, it brings me to a nice segue because this film is going up as a review on our social medias. So if ever you want to keep up to date with what's good to watch or what's well worth avoiding, if you go to our Facebook or Instagram pages, that's the two marks. We'll get reviews on a regular basis. If you go to Twitter, which is also at the two marks, we often will post when there is a review up there and you can go and read the rest of it on the other platforms. Capone. Oh, baggish. Is the one with Tom Hardy in. Yeah. Well, it quite literally is a bag of shit, isn't it? I stopped, yeah, I stopped watching it after he shat himself the second time. <laughs> it, oh my God. Who pitched that and said, wow, that sounds like a good idea that spend money on that? Well, I'm surprised Tom Hardy with his acting chops as he's come round, you know, like Taboo and Mad Max and things like that. Bane, why on earth he suddenly went, when he got the script and he's like, so what, what I shit myself twice and I don't know who, who you are. I know, <laughs> but do you know what? I, I think he comes across as a bit method and I wonder whether the artist in him got overly carried away with the prospect of playing Al Capone, one of the most infamous gangsters of all time in a different light. So we're not going to pay Al Capone, the exciting, interesting person, join his height in the criminal underworld. What we'll do is we'll play him in a way that no one else has done before, i.e. didn't want to because it was desperately dull and we'll show him basically sitting in a chair staring aimlessly at a camera sporadically interspersed with soiling himself scenes and that's like the full extent of a movie for two hours avoid at all costs people i believe stephen graham who played al capone in boardwalk empire actually advised him on what to do but i think probably people didn't recognize what he looked like because every film tom hardy's in his mouth's covered <laughs> oh, i didn't realize what i did That's Bane, by the way, in case you didn't know that. little cheeky thing because if you look at all the films he's been in when he was in Dunkirk he was the fighter pilot with an oxygen mask over his face yeah that's true when he, was, when he was Bane he had the thing over his face and then when he was Mad Max on the front of the car he's got the thing over his mouth every film he's in they cover his mouth I don't know why maybe he just talks too much on set and it's like Tom will you just shut the fuck up mate and do your job <laughs> what you do shit yourself it's not even in the scene fella <laughs> 
Oh dear. Well, I feel we've digressed because today we are going to boil down and discuss the latest Justice League release, which is obviously the Zack Snyder version, and we'll give our opinions on it. I suppose we should preface this with the fact that we tend to be more Marvel orientated, and I should prefix that with I've not got like a particular horse in the race, if you know what I mean. I, I haven't deliberately gone, I like Marvel, so I hate DC. I I want to love both equally, but thus far, DC keep on serving me bags of dog shit through my letterbox, whereas Marvel <laughs> seem to be serving me up fine dining meals, which are causing my palate to experience things they've never experienced before, and therefore, I feel more affinity towards Marvel at the moment. Is that the Affinity Stones? Indeed. You probably get like a Tom Hardy special, aren't you, with DC? Just a bag <laughs> of shit, and they leave it on fire outside your house. The problem, kind of jumping around but we'll go into is that the wonderful array of characters that DC have is on par with and in fact equal to Marvel well many people and quite legitimately will argue some of the better baddies are in the DC world they don't make use of all the properties unfortunately the CW have been churning out some well not recently with other woke shows but they've been started off with the Arrowverse which was really good spawned the Flash and then they went on to well they've had Superwoman haven't they and well they had Legends of Tomorrow then they when Supergirl and Supergirl wasn't originally with CW they got Supergirl got cancelled by CBS and then CW said which is still part of CBS interestingly enough said well we'll put it part of our universe so they had the crisis storyline which brought all of them together and then they had Black Lightning more recently had well they had Gotham aren't they they've done Gotham Uh, as well Gotham was separate that's not in the same thing unfortunately no it was going to be brought in but I think they weren't available the people to be able to do the crossover that brought all the universe together in the, in the multiverse basically you've got Titans Smallville's been brought in now they've brought in Lucifer and the Watchmen so they're all in the same universe uh, oh yeah Swamp Thing which got cancelled after one episode I haven't particularly got myself overly ensconced in the DC TV universe as it were I, I just haven't had time to watch and some of them that I did watch uh, I don't know like Arrow I watched that for three seasons and it felt like it was getting a bit samey and so I wouldn't have any problems putting it on the TV whilst I worked if you know what I mean but I wouldn't want to sit and dedicate my full attention to it because it'd probably bore me a bit quickly and their efforts seem to be more focused on that than the the film world because the film stuff has been incredibly disjointed. They've not developed the range that Marvel have they keep going to their safe space which is oh let's do Batman, let's do Superman they've not really gone outside of that more recently they have. The TV shows always seem to touch upon so Smallville introduced Aquaman Green Lantern Cyborg and Oliver Queen who played the Arrow all of those characters and then Arrow also brings in other characters that you're familiar with in the comics the problem was the studios of the movie should have got involved in the TV because they were just about to introduce the Suicide Squad into the Arrow and then when the Suicide Squad was coming out and uh, DC the movies section went you can't use Harley Quinn you can't use Deathstroke and so it messed it all up and then because the Suicide Squad bombed they went oh yeah you can and then they've been releasing more TV shows so I could say Black Lightning Supergirl Batwoman and unfortunately all those now have a different tone
them, they're all woke and they're all being cancelled. Batwoman's on 400,000 people an episode at the moment, which is nothing. The most recent one, which is part of the same universe, Superman and Lewis, which actually opened to 1.7 million and has stayed at 1.6, 1.7 for the past sort of four or five episodes. That's another CW show. TV is playing with a lot of characters. Sad that Swamp Thing got cancelled after one episode because that actually was a good season. That was a character that wasn't really played with since the 80s. Films were okay of the time. The special effects weren't great. But Marvel have overtaken it and we've talked about this so many times where they've woven a wonderful network of characters that we we love. If you imagine when we first saw Justice League. The Avengers film came, the first Avengers film came after about six or seven, maybe even eight films. Yeah. So we'd had a couple of Iron Mans, we'd had a couple of Captain Americas, we'd had a couple yeah. of Thors. So they'd already started to weave a storyline which made Avengers quite exciting because they were pulling those films that you become quite familiar with together. Yeah. Justice League came on the back of a Superman film which was, wasn't particularly well received. Batman versus Superman which was critically well it was it, again it wasn't particularly well received and then Wonder Woman which they brought in just before which did get more warmer feelings about it they were skipping the huge part of what Marvel had done before their first Avengers film in Justice League and the first version was actually done by Joss Whedon wasn't it it was it wasn't Zack Snyder because of falling out with the studios and a family tragedy pulled out of this was it midway through or three quarters of the way through it was quite far in wasn't it it was because a lot of the stuff he's put back in and not reshoots it's actually stuff that he wanted in but his daughter Autumn committed suicide he took a leave of absence and Joss Whedon stepped in by all accounts you ended up with the film you ended up with in 2017 and what um, did you think of that film Mark I thought it was an absolute bag of spanners based on what you've just said is we had Man of Steel which I thought was good yeah it was uh, alright in terms of a popcorn movie you could go to the cinema and you go you know what it's probably the best film since we saw uh, Superman Returns with Brandon Ruth yeah. which was supposed to pick up after Christopher Reeves outing as Superman I thought Henry Cavill did it well I thought he made a perfect Superman couldn't fault it then I wasn't going to go and see Batman vs Superman but then they did this gritty take on it like a World Trade Centre where you see it from Batman's perspective when yeah when he's driving through the streets and everything's yeah, and getting Zod, trashed Zod fighting him yeah. yeah I mean the thing that really resonated with me was Marvel always take accountability for the damage they caused. So the Sokovian Accords came about because they dropped the bloody country on top so they dropped of an entire city on, yeah. on, on its yeah. ass didn't they they then have to be accountable which is why you end up with civil war when you've got Zod and Superman who are both powerful people I know you have a thing with Superman and I completely agree you haven't just got superpower you've got lasers you've got heat rays or whatever you've got breath you can freeze people with them and then you've got Zod who's also equally strong battering through skyscrapers what are you going to do with that they don't take account of all the deaths so when I saw I think it was the second trailer where Bruce Wayne's looking at all of this carnage and he's saying people. I thought, oh, this might be interesting. And then it went, and you know when you're watching a movie you've paid £9.50 for, and your heart suddenly ends up in your trousers, because you're thinking, do you know what, I've sat here and watched this, and it's rubbish. That was the thing, and they'd already taken me money at that point. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why Batman vs Superman was so poor, as you rightly say, the Marvel films had set the characters up. In Batman vs Superman, you see some CCTV footage of the Flash, and then they go, oh, by the way, there's Aquaman, he's having some water, there's Wonder Woman. Well, I'm going to make, well, like 10 seconds worth of viewing didn't set anything up. So then you go straight into Justice League, which was supposed to spawn this whole Snyderverse to include Justice League 2, which was going to introduce the Injustice League, then Justice League 
Justice League 3, which was going to be the nightmare world, which we see in the end of this, and was alluded to in Batman versus Superman. We were going to have a cyborg film. We were going to have Suicide Squad. They just messed it up. Joss Whedon did not do a very good job. I mean, even to the extent where they're rebooting Batman with what's his face from Twilight. Although, I mean, DC always have that get out of jail free card with their different universes, haven't they? The multiverse. So they can always say, well, actually, Ben Affleck is that universe Batman and this person's this one and that's yeah. Superman's Henry Cavill here, but Superman's also so and so over. They can sort of play the get out of jail free card, I guess, to a degree there. But if you haven't earned the right to do that, it doesn't rub off slightly. So Marvel are starting to wander into the multiverse realms, but they're talking about people who've been well established now. And so you've got a vested interest in, for example, on spoiler alert slightly with WandaVision, they use the brother from X-Men and yeah. the guy who played her brother in X-Men, not the brother who was killed in the second Avengers film, Age of Ultron. Quicksilver, thank you. And so I'm looking at that going, oh, that's cool. That's really exciting because I've watched the X-Men ones and I now know Marvel own the X-Men franchise again because Disney have got it. So that's cool because th- that might be a thing. And obviously it makes sense because her brother's dead and, and you, you start piecing it together because it's all there. And it's not just there in the, the knowledge of comic books. It's there in the knowledge of you've watched films doing that. I think Justice League was essentially missing that. But I feel we haven't yet touched on the actual film yet. We should move on to the actual because we've got a four hour film to dissect. And we're already 20 minutes in. This film, I suppose we should caveat that with there are going to be spoilers. We're not going to do a, a non-spoilery bit and a spoiler bit. If you haven't watched the film and you don't want this spoiling, this is not the episode to listen to. This is a completely different story, isn't it, to the first one? I mean, I know they've kept some similarities in terms of the order of things and roughly what happens and the characters, but this is fundamentally a different story as far as I could make out. It's the story you should have got in 2017. Gone is the stupid CGI moustache. Gone is the ridiculous Batman rooftop opening. They obviously start this with the death of Superman and his death rattle awakens the mother boxes, which explains now why they're all doing what they're doing. Steppenwolf is now part of a hierarchical structure. He's been fleshed out. A lot of the scenes have been expanded. The characters now get a lot more screen time. So you now know a bit more. You get to see Flash's future wife, who he saves. Definitely is more to it for people who maybe haven't seen the weeding cut. Because if you think about it, yeah, it's four hours. But to be fair, you could watch it over a period. You could watch it over a couple of days. Well, I mean, we'll come to this. They have actually split it into chapters, haven't they, almost? And so you could theoretically watch it much the same as you might do a TV show. I mean, I watched it in one go. It's no different than watching four episodes or something, four or five episodes back to back. So I just watched it in one go and just had a catheter put in. I mean, I suppose the main difference... So I was going to suggest we go through some of the differences of the two versions. Definitely the first and most obvious one is the length. Zack Snyder's clearly gone, yeah, just put everything in. Um... (laughs) Do you want to leave anything out? No, everything. Really? Yeah, everything. And you've ended up with a four-hour film. Did it need to be four hours long? Because there's an awful lot in there that I think could have been... T- My biggest issue with the original Whedon version was that I hadn't a f- scooby-doo what was going on in some place. I didn't know who Steppenwolf was. I didn't really care. I didn't know what these boxes were. I just assumed they were Rubik's Cubes and he was lonely and just wanted to play with them. I- it was just big gaping holes. I didn't know who Cyborg was. I didn't care. 
care who he was. None of this stuff had been explained whatsoever in his version. And hence, I came out of Justice League feeling, quite frankly, miffed. I'd spent money having to go and waste two hours of my life. This one, obviously, gives you loads of backstory so that I do now understand a lot of this stuff. But did I need four hours of backstory to achieve that same result? I don't feel I needed that. Some bits that could have probably been taken out, but because of the fact that so much was missed off the original, that people were left confused. The viewer is a combination of people who are fans, people who enjoy going to the cinema, and people might have a rudimentary understanding of the Justice League. If you were to ask people to name the founder members of Guardians of the Galaxy or the founder members of the Injustice League or the founder members of the Avengers, a lot of people, unless they're geeks or nerds, wouldn't know. To give exposition to those people who aren't ardent fans, you maybe do need a bit more, even if it just showed, for example, which is quite interesting in regards to, you mentioned Cyborg, you know, when he is in the car with his mum, if you notice when the car gets hit by the truck or whatever, he puts his left arm out to protect his mum. Well, obviously the left arm is the thing he lost in the crash. Small details like that that I thought added to it. Think about it in terms of how films are currently. It's no more unusual than going to see Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. I mean, think about The Hobbit. They've made three films out of The Hobbit. The book's only about 120 pages. So they've managed to really pad out The Hobbit and turn it into three three-hour films. Harry Potter, you know, what have you got there? Nine films? Zack Snyder's not in my good books at the moment. In regards to what I understand, I think he did it for free, his time, and the studio gave him 80 million to do <laughs> to do the, the, the editions. I'll do it for free, but it's going to cost you 80 million. Oh, all right then. That seems a reasonable deal. Fair exchange. I have to start doing that in work. How much is time? It's free, but here's the invoice. It's 80 million. And what's his first check for 60 million <laughs> to the Zack Snyder Company Limited? <laughs> <laughs> Make it out to your wife. I think it probably needs to be longer than two hours. When I was looking at them both back to back, well, there's seven minutes of intro on the weeding cut. That's just nonsense. The iPhone bit of Superman with his ridiculous mustache. Oh, that's out. awful, yeah. isn't it? I, yeah. I'm glad that went. That went. Then we to give exposition that Superman's died. Batman arresting somebody on, on a rooftop because obviously Superman's not around. Apparently crime's gone through the roof. So Batman's obviously not the answer. To He's working over time. Yeah, that's gone. Now was seven minutes of just nonsense. They've got rid of the Russian family. That was a story that Joss Whedon wanted to tell about the Russian family. I know. Was that What's, about? Yeah. But they've fleshed out the Steppenwolf character. They've given him better armor. They've given him a proper backstory as a disgraced commander. He's trying to get in the good book. What do you think about? You see, you say Steppenwolf. All I think is Steptoe and so Whenever I think of him, it's just like it does that weekend. Yeah, Steppenwolf. They've changed him visually, haven't they? And the, I thought this was substantially because the CG in the first one was abysmal. Yeah, well, you don't know whether they rush things out sometimes. If it's going to go, for example, IMAX or it's going to go to be um, 3D, sometimes they don't always put the stuff in. Post- no, no, but I mean, this film cost all in. And I suppose this probably includes the 80 million you've mentioned. About 400 million pounds did this. So any suggestion that your CG, certainly of your big bad, isn't up to scratch, is Horse, if someone spent that much of my money, I'd want something absolutely spot on. And Steppenwolf was dreadful in that first film. Yeah, so they've obviously made efforts to buff him up a bit more with all of his armour. Do you like him in his gangster chrome? It was quite organic because there's a bit near the end when Darkseid or Darkseid, depending on how you say it, gets hold of him. All of his armour seems to recede as if to humble himself and he's got the go-to guy, Dessard. Oh my God, he reminds me of a lot of clients with the, going back to 
to whether things should be cut out. How many times did we have a scene where he's going, what's your latest, Steppenwolf? And Steppenwolf's going, yes, we're, we're, we're still working on it and we're still trying to find the boxes. Okay, report back soon. And then the next scene. So, Steppenwolf, where are you up to? Well, we're still looking for the boxes, uh, but we are making... And it's like those telephone conversations where you kind of going, yeah, it's underway, it'll be ready. It'll still be ready within timescales I've said. So ringing me four days after the last update <laughs> is only going to be we're four days further in. But yeah. no, we're not done yet. I was having flashbacks <laughs> whilst listening to these conversations going, oh my God, just ask him once and leave him the fuck alone. And then when he's found all the boxes, he'll get in touch with you and go, all right, dude, yeah, got them all. You're ready to come. It's like the old holidays when you're family and you drive into London. You're like, we're nearly there yet. <laughs> Like, but it did before. it did feel like that though because uh, there was no reason to keep asking those questions I actually felt a little bit of sympathy for Stephen Wolf for that very reason I was like oh dude we've all been there mate yeah. someone cracking I mean, your balls for no good reason he probably didn't need all that but I think that was to give exposition of where he was trying to get back into the good graces of Darkseid because clearly from the explanation from Wonder Woman is giving more time to cultivate of how it, they'd invaded the planet we got to see David Thewlis's character Ares you see all the gods you see Artemis which links to the arrow that she fires which ends up injuring him in the first battle which interestingly enough he's got a scar from when it happened so that was quite good from continuity point of view you see this is probably one of the big flaws for me there are still some fundamental flaws in this storyline like for example this big battle with Darkseid originally when he came and got himself slightly cut and carried off in a rather embarrassing way and it involved the aqua people it involved the amazonians and it involved man on the basis it involved man why did earth not know about the fact that this enormous alien had once come and done battle on the planet one assumes that the stories the myths would have been passed down over time it seemed like no one had ever heard of this story before and it's like that's kind of a big story not to ever have been mentioned even as a, a bedtime story fairy tale thing i think it's similar to people who go on holiday to bangkok <laughs> and never talk about what happened. <laughs> Bangkok exists, but no one ever wants to talk about what they did there. <laughs> oh, dear. They've changed it because if you, if you think about Bruce Wayne, because that's the part of the opening scene now, it shows him going over the mountains on a horse and stuff like that, and they explain the reason why. People were like, well, can't you just get a helicopter and land? And he's like, oh, well, because of the ice, you can't gain access. Obviously, Bruce Wayne's gone all over the mountains. They've cut out the crappy bit where the crowd open and you see the wall paintings. Clearly evidence something's happened, but... I imagine like cave paintings you've got to be an archaeologist and to find out why nobody knows about it because man buried the boxes oh well so don't get me started because that's another huge flaw for me so these mother boxes were in some of the most obvious and ridiculously easy places to find ever so the Amazonians had put it in an enormous temple that they'd built which was tantamount to having a big neon sign saying there's something important in here want to take a look you've got the Amazon Amazonians who've got it in a similar version, similar temple, only under the sea. And then, <laughs> then the humans, who geniusly decide to bury it under three feet of soil. That'll do it, we'll hide it there. No one will find it there. It's fine. Um, well, 
<laughs> you mock it, but doesn't Cyborg bury it again? Yeah, well, this the- is the thing. <laughs> he buries it in, like, obviously six foot of dirt. It's, it was just like, oh, my God, if these things are big and as important as they are, do something slightly smarter. Because the Amazonian, certainly in this version, the Amazonian's solution is just to force the temple into the bottom of the ocean. But when you're dealing with somebody like Stephen son, Stephen Wolf or Darkseid, one assumes throwing him off the edge of a cliff into the water ain't going to cause them that much of an issue given how well, big and powerful they are. I'm glad you mentioned that because the scene in which you speak of, I was also shouting at the television. This is one of the bigger scenes that they've padded out a bit more. In the original, she just escapes on the back of a horse and this, that and the other. One of the things he's added in is more blood. I was like, okay, shove the box on a pedestal in a big fuck-off building, surround our people with bows and arrows. Bows and arrows, not lasers. These are Amazonians and in fairness, my claim to fame, as you well know, is they got punched in the face by an Amazon um, true story another time these are rock hard women which is great well trained trained from birth like Spartans literally bows and arrows against the lightning they go through all that training though and it seems that a hundred of them just stand around that box all day I mean who's paying that bill oh yeah then what happens the whole thing falls into the sea like Iron Man's house in Iron Man 3 which is handy given that the aqua cubes in the bloody water But also, if it's falling in like that, he just escapes from the bottom of the building, which is what he does with all his parademons. And then he just slaughters everyone and punches out a horse. I did think that was a bit mad. And then obviously the Atlanteans, their one is literally just in the sea. You've got Mira, who's apparently a waterbender, nothing salacious. (laughs) Don't go there. I was just caveating to save more hate mail. That's the term. She's a waterbender, which means she can pull Steppenwolf's moisture out of his face, which is what you see. And that's an extended scene ruined by the fact that in Aquaman she's American and ginger (laughs) well Auburn let's say Auburn to avoid letters from gingers (laughs) but the irony is even though men chose the shittest hiding place of all three that was the last one to get found (laughs) I was like well that's what three feet of dirt will do twice because cyborg hides it in a grave and so not only once was it not found the second time like where's that where's that box it's like no idea literally in a flower bed i didn't else get a creepy feeling when steppenwolf was going i can smell it on them i smell them and i can smell it oh you smell of mother box it's like whoa where are you going with this back off son yeah you stop smelling my mother's box please space invader and leave me mother out of it yeah Rude man. Go and polish your armour. But um, everybody got a longer backstory, didn't they? I mean, everyone got more meat on the bone, which was very helpful for me, certainly with filling some gaps. But I actually thought very much highlighted the flaw with this whole universe in that what they were doing was trying to make up for the fact that each one of these characters should have at least have had an origin movie before we got to this stage. Because that's what it was. It was a mini origin movie, basically, wasn't it? To go back to why your question, about why it was four hours you've literally hit the nail on the head in my opinion they didn't have any Marvel-esque approach to movies they've literally gone oh let's reboot Batman again after the amazing job Christopher Nolan did in my humble opinion is the best trilogy leave it there move on 
pick another character, develop that, and crack on. There's so many characters you could do, but they didn't. They resurrected it. Ben Affleck did a, did something. Think this wise four hours because they've gone. We didn't actually have enough time to understand where Cyborg came off. Cyborg, unless you watch Doom Patrol or you've seen Smallville, you won't know who he is. No, well, I didn't know really who he was. He's not a character that a lot of people know. Those who are avid fans will, but if you just kind of go, oh, I don't mind watching a superhero movie, then you probably won't know the lesser ones. Because he's so morose, he really grated on me the first time round. I mean, he, he grated on me this time round as well, up to a point, because I still thought, you're bitching and moaning about why you're still alive and you're a monster. Actually, you've got loads of cool powers, you can do loads of cool stuff, and surely how you are is better than being dead. I kind of struggled with him up to that point, and then when he started to accept what was going on, I warmed to him a bit more. He was a bit more of an interesting character. Well, I agree. My feelings on that would be that the reason he's probably got a bit of a gob on, when you see what's left of him, his torso, when you actually see him finally, he's a nose and an eyeball. The bit that was left, they've got rid of all that as well, and all he is now is basically Robocop with a nostril. <laughs> I mean, it's like going into have a surgery to remove one of your testicles and they remove the wrong one. <laughs> So you, have to, so you have to have boof removed. You're not going to be a happy bunny, are you? Because you literally have no balls. <laughs> Good comparison, I thought. What was um, that internet thing, though, that he does? You know, yeah. it, it, he goes into his his mind place and he looks it. And then when he's in his internet world, he's looking at the financial markets and he's got these two bulls or whatever it is fighting. It seems a really weird, metery thing. Let me explain what that is. His dad explaining to him that he has the power to do good, which is he can, in a thought, get rid of all the nuclear weapons the woman who he gives money to is a character within the DC universe the bull and the Russian bear is the metaphor for the financial institution no I know but I didn't really understand why it needed to be a metaphor as such I mean obviously visually it's more interesting but yeah anyway I think what his dad was trying to say that yes I have literally made you a robot and you might not have wanted that you can do good with what you have if you think about all of the characters that are superheroes and the ones who are not superheroes like Batman who's the equivalent of Iron Man he's a bit naff because he's like what can you do well I can get an Uber Eats for free I can download porn for free (laughs) I mean to be fair that's the person to have in your corner isn't it If you're in lockdown now, well, not we're not. You mate. We're not. If when you were being rebuilt, the, the part of your anatomy which is probably best benefiting from that sort of content doesn't exist anymore. It's probably like a, you know the old cars with those gear sticks. Yeah, it's probably one of them. <laughs> Or like a Henry Hoover extension? The one introduction bit that I didn't particularly warm to was the Wonder Woman bit with those terrorists. That felt a bit crap. Certainly when the terrorists saw Wonder Woman turn up, they were quite blasé about the fact that this person was able to move at the speed of light and deflect bullets with her bracelets and use magic whips and stuff. And I particularly disliked the added inspirationally bit at the end so the children who at that age would already be exceedingly traumatised from the fact that a load of lunatics armed with guns had just farmed them into a corner would then be further traumatised by the fear that they were just about to be wiped out as they fired a machine gun at them. If I had been an adult in that situation, never mind a kid by the time Wonder Woman walked over to me to ask an inspirational question I'd have snot dribbling down my nose and I'd have a pants full of the same poo that Capone was filling in in the movie we mentioned earlier instead you've got this kid who rather coolly goes yeah I'd just like to be like you Wonder Woman she goes well if you work hard at school kids you can be anything you want to be it's like oh no 
what is that horse shit? Yeah, I look like the Blair Witch Project. You know, the woman who gets lost in the woods with all... She's just dribbling, just snot everywhere all over your beard and all crusty going... <laughs> it just felt really tacky and cheesy the way that she's... And this is why, and if you read the review I put up on our social media for Wonder Woman 2, why I distinctly hated Wonder Woman 2 but really enjoyed Wonder Woman 1. It's because number two suddenly decided that they were going to make her a female icon which absolutely great made up she's a fabulous character if that inspires young girls and and women to aim for things that previously they didn't feel were fairly in their reach then absolutely amazing that's exactly what it is but wonder woman 2 was aimed at 10 year old kids in my opinion or young teenagers with the things that they were saying not catering for all age groups and that statement was exactly the same thing you've got a terrorist who's trying to wipe out four blocks for no good reason we're in what is supposed to be a really dark world i mean we've just seen superman murdered we've got batman dealing with demons we've got aquaman who drinks too much and hates where he's from you know it's all very dark and seedy you've got cyborg who's had his nuts chopped off and isn't happy about it and then we come to wonder woman who's walking around going yeah you could stay in school kids say no to drugs that's i what? That feels so completely distant from the mood you're trying to set. Or is it yeah. just me? No, no. I mean, that that was the scene that he did flesh out. The difference is when he dies, you don't see him die in this one. He gets blown up. The whole block gets blown up. You don't see that in the Whedon one. And why did she need to blow him up? He'd run out of bullets. The yeah. bomb had been disarmed. Why did she need to kill the fella? Why couldn't he just go to prison? The full. Didn't feel very Wonder Woman, he did it. She suddenly yeah. decided to become a murderer yes. with an unarmed guy who, quite frankly, did deserve to die on the basis of if a bullet that he'd fired at her deflected off her bracelets and came back and hit him and he died from it it serves him right you shouldn't have fired the bullet in the first place but once he ran out of bullets was disarmed and was no match to the super powered wonder woman one assumes she'd go right you're going to prison son to set that good example to the small child what she did was turn around to the small child go stay in school kids say no to drugs and if someone pisses you off and you're stronger than them kill them maybe she didn't like his character in Game of Thrones. Just one off the wrist, done. <laughs> That's your bet. Let's not go down that route. Uh- <laughs> We did get to see the Green Lanterns, although he did die. Well, it's interesting you should mention the Green Lantern because the end bit, I say the post-credit spoilery bit, which of course DC don't do. What they do is they wait till the end of the movie and then they put an extra bit on, which isn't a post-credit one like Marvel do. It's just a bit that they tack on in exactly the same way. But we'll ignore that. The Martian Manhunter wasn't originally going to be the Martian Manhunter in that scene. It was going to be the Green Lantern and they changed it. Wasn't it going to be Ryan Reynolds and the studio said no. Yeah. Well, Martian Manhunter, John Jones, is actually the guy who appears in Man of Steel as the general, and he is actually the founder of the Justice League. So, was he in Superman? So, what they've done is they've retconned his character who appeared in Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. So, what it tells you is Martian Manhunter has always been there because he's a shapeshifter. He's been playing this general since Man of Steel, and what they've done is they've removed the ridiculous scene between Martha and Lewis Lane, who's talking 
talking about a house, not the fact that my son's dead. She's worried about getting evicted because Lewis is the key to the future because she's pregnant. Well, that's a new bit they squeezed in, isn't it? Unless she went out on the town when Superman was dead. She was like, right, free and single, out we go. Maybe she, well, that's a story you'll never hear now, isn't it? It's done. Um, we don't know, do we? So we see the pregnancy kit in the top of the drawer. Lewis is important because we find out the reason, jumping around again, the reason why Superman goes king mental is because at some point Lewis Lane gets killed by Batman and we find out at the end of the scene where Superman says how did you get the house back and he said I bought the bank he swapped out a box for a children's baby basket apparently the baby was going to grow up and be the new Batman right it goes back to Batman versus Superman the scene where the Flash says Lewis is the key because Lewis getting killed makes Batman go absolutely mental and kill Aquaman well you see it in the dreamscape you see the Joker's truce card cut in two which means the truce is over the Joker's wearing his jacket from the end of Suicide Squad and he's got all his police badges where he's obviously killed them you'd see Aquaman's lance there's all bits of debris Superman's holding Batman's cowl so that's all that ties into that is that what's going to happen or is this like an alternate universe I'm a bit lost with that particular element we'll never know but the storyboards that have been released the plan was that you'd have the Justice League 2 film what was called the Injustice League so you'd have Lex Luthor Deathstroke Harley Quinn Joker and others and they would have their movie and then you'd have Justice League 3 which would have been a combination of what happened over the last two but the nightmare version which was alluded to in, in his dream where the parademons have taken over and Superman has his own army we find out why he's gone bad because you see the flashback with Cyborg when Flash is doing his flashpoint moment when they're trying to resurrect Superman for a moment see all the destruction of the world and you see Superman in his palace or whatever it is holding the scorched body of Lewis Lane she's been killed and he goes mental and kills everybody the nightmare vision was going to be Justice League 3 apparently right however DC have gone and shat all over this because DC studios have gone thanks for doing your four hour film it's never going to be canon yeah thanks for that here's your 80 million now fuck off yeah, I mean, that's it's just crazy, isn't it? And you mentioned the bit, certainly at the end, which is this part of the storyline, the nightmare vision, as it were. We see the first coming together of Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker. How did we feel about that exchange? Well, I think he's the alternate version because this is the thing that is clear. The multiverse exists and they are aware of the multiverse because in this version, the Joker has a few more scars but doesn't have all the tattoos he doesn't have his big gold teeth he is obviously a different version of the Joker that we know I mean yes he's wearing the swap vest from Suicide Squad but that could have happened we don't know where the Suicide Squad sits bear in mind by the way the new James Gunn the Suicide Squad as a reboot because the Suicide Squad bombed technically that's in its own universe and that's the problem isn't it I'm shaking my head for the benefits of the microphone none of these films are cohesive enough to fit in and dovetail each other Man of Steel at the time of standalone and then they went oh let's do the Batman v Superman one and shove everybody in because we're going to do a Justice League but we haven't really got there and we want to try and compete with the box office hits that Marvel have let's just tell people in 10 seconds or less and then we'll do all the good films afterwards the best one film for me as you've already said is Wonder Woman the first Wonder Woman film is the best standalone film in my humble opinion Aquaman maybe a close second but I think they see I didn't really like Aquaman I found that quite irritating I, I didn't even watch it all the way through compared to others it was the best of a bad bunch I 
thought really poor attempt at the aging and it was all CGI and I, I'm not a big fan of films that no, I'm like not. heavily. No. I don't mind green screen stuff and blue screen stuff, but when you every single character's an environment is CGI, there's definitely something to be said for sticking with practical effects. And it's sticking to practical effects and going back to Jared Leto, I have to say I just do not like him as the Joker. He just comes across as irritating and I don't mean the Joker comes across as irritating as in Jared Leto comes across as irritating there's no chemistry between those two characters that whole scene just jarred with me quite a lot he's not my Joker Heath Ledger for me is the Joker the Joker from the 1960s Batman in the golden time is the Joker for that period if you want to include Tim Burton's... Uh, Jack Nicholson Joker, was great. Yeah, yeah, he was for that period, which was Art Deco-style outlandish Joker. The main Joker for me is Heath Ledger's portrayal. And the difference is that he, although his method, the same as Jared Leto is, and Jared Leto is a great actor, the difference is he wasn't written the character. He developed the Joker, Heath Ledger. All the other Jokers that have come after... The well, Joaquin Phoenix that you haven't seen. The 20 minutes I've got up to on that film before I decide to have a stroke and just take off again for the fourth time. Have you still not watched it? No. Why? Well, because um, hell hasn't frozen over yet, has it? <laughs> now, is this because you refuse to accept it as a Joker movie? Because would you not... Because I think it's a good film. It's certainly worthy of watching all the way through, whether you classify it as a Joker film or not. You seem to have a mental block of watching it, period, because you cannot get your head around the fact that it may be a Joker film, but you refuse to accept it. And by not watching it, it therefore does not qualify because if you can't see it it doesn't exist there is that logic to it my friend <laughs> yeah. when you have to spoon feed the audience so the thing with the joker is <laughs> why he's led which is why Heath Ledger... I've all the so kind well. of worms here, people get comfy. <laughs> Heath Ledger, his Joker, or the Joker, is not mad. You don't know what's going on. You never know his story. When you start to dumb it down and you spoon feed the audience, go, oh yeah, yeah, it's mental health issues, he's got OCD or whatever, it doesn't make it fearful for me. The, the reason it's fearful is you never know what the Joker's going to do. And why Batman and the Joker work really well as a paradigm is because the Joker needs Batman as much as Batman needs the Joker. The Joker just wants to see the world burn. That's it. No one can rationalise it. It's just the way it is and it's made clear when he, Michael Caine's character says to him people just want to see the world burn and there's no explanation for it it's just people have that inclination they're not mental they might just be like that whereas the Joker that I've seen 26 minutes of oh yeah he's got these mental health issues for me that immediately tells me I don't need to be worried I feel sorry for him give him some medication some Ritalin and in a padded room he'd be fine the problem is you dumb it down because then you do a Mr. Freeze film and you just tell him oh, he's got Reynard's disease or commented on your review of the film Reynard. <laughs> I I said the Riddler is just a failed quiz show host. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or Penguin's got avian flu. <laughs> They're not fearful anymore. The reason why villains that got the stature they have is because you fear them on a level that you cannot explain. If you can explain it away, you suddenly remove the fear and you go, ah, oh, poor guy. He's got OCD. So that's the reason. And speaking of being fearful, were we more fearful of Superman because he had his all black with his outfit? He was in his executive outfit. Uh, well, no, because I know why he had the black one on. Go on then. Um, it, it, because the black outfit historically is because it helps him heal faster. Ah. as we know which is one of your bugbearers because he's so powerful and he gets recharged by the sun the black suit absorbs the heat, heat more yeah. Oh, okay yeah. so ah, it's his healing suit see that makes sense why did they not explain oh, you see things like that should have been explained I just thought a bit like you when you go to your wardrobe in the morning you go oh, I can't wear that I wore that yesterday I best put that on instead I thought he did that whereas actually there's a logical reason 
reason for why he's gone for the black outfit, but that's not explained. And I know, it, I, agree. Ma- I agree. Maybe some people would argue you should know that, but why should I know that? I shouldn't have to do ten hours, fourteen weeks worth of pre-movie research before I watch a film, or else I'll miss out on stuff. I should be given information about relatively important points, and I would say taking Superman out of his traditional outfit is a relatively important point. Yeah, I think they probably should have put another 40-minute section to explain that. I mean, to be honest, they could have taken out the bit where he's walking around without a top on and Lois goes, oh, let's pick a shirt for you, and then gives him the shirt and then we stand and watch him putting the shirt on. Jib that bit off and instead give us 30 seconds where we get explained why he's wearing the black suit. I mean, I know, and I say this, my missus went through a a full adventure here because she watched the beginning bit, she went off and did some crafts, she came back for a little bit more, which generally tied in with Aquaman not having a top on and Superman not having a top on. She then went off and made herself some tea and had some tea, came back, watched a bit, and then went to sleep. And that was all during this four-hour movie. So she had an adventure in itself, but she did manage to pick the exact moments when two of the biggest, hunkiest guys just so happened to not have a top on. That is funny, isn't it, how that happens? It's like a radar. And the worst thing about it was because she's going, oh. And you know, I mean, obviously, I mean, for all the decades and decades of men doing that to the women in the films and objectifying them in that way I feel it's more than past the time when women should be in the position where they should be the ones up because in this film Wonder Woman they very much strayed away in fact they actually deleted the scene didn't they where Flash lands on top of Wonder Woman I mean that was a bit weird anyway I didn't get that but they removed that to very much stop any form of objectifying of Wonder Woman which made it very difficult for me when the missus was layering at these two stocky fellas who made me feel very inadequate going oh look at that and when Wonder Woman pops I'll go well look at the legs on her knowing that it was all shut very tasteful it's like it didn't have I wanted to make her feel as bad about herself as I felt about myself maybe that says more about me as a human being and to be honest my missus is far too clever for that sort of shenanigans but yeah there was a lot of musclage well there was because I mean how many people need to take the shirts off to go into the water well let me pull you this is another flaw and an issue I have right bearing in mind the guy lives in the sea and if anyone's ever watched a David Attenborough show we all know all the pollution in the sea is one of the major problems the islands of plastic that are floating around Mr Seaman the fella who lives in the sea and loves the sea and wants to protect the sea throwing empty bottles in there throwing his every time he goes into the water takes some clothes and just lobs them in the water who's picking that shit up Mr Seaman you refer to um they cut the bit where he throws the bottle this time round and actually they mention in Aquaman that because they're a bit pissed off people are polluting the water that's the reason why all of the stuff is going back on the shores because all the Atlanteans are just pushing it back out well that doesn't explain him still throwing his clothes off I mean how many well, clothes massive pecs I mean yeah but but who picks up the clothes I mean that's a bit arrogant of him it's not like he could do with a cupboard just where he gets into the water so when he gets there he takes his jumper off folds it up like you're supposed to do put it in your water wardrobe and then when you come back out again you get it out it's dry it's clean it's there instead he just lobs it on and waits for somebody else to pick it up which is pretty much what it was like having teenagers in the house well he had that random sycophant who started to start singing the icelandic theme tune and sniff his jumper <laughs> 
was so weird. What was that about? I mean, again, if you're talking about scenes that should be called, definitely weird jumper sniffer needed to go. How many times have you been queuing in Costa and somebody starts singing a song behind you and following you out, carrying your clothes? That's never happened. <laughs> what did so, we? Yes. What did we think of Flash? The Flash. Yes, I liked the fact that they've given him a bit more of a backstory. I'm already aware of his backstory because I've seen. Well, I know the comics and I've know the fact that his dad's in prison because his dad's accused of killing his mum. The new film that's supposed to be coming out, which is still in doubt now, apparently, according to a report that apparently Michael Keaton is a bit concerned due to COVID that he might not be involved in the Flash movie. The Flashpoint movie is where he knows he can go back in time so what he does is he goes back in time to try and stop the death of his mum and that's when you find out that it wasn't his dad by going back in time you love all this stuff by going back in time he creates a different timeline and he basically fucks everything up I know you love all this timey-wimey stuff. And they made him a bit less silly in this. I mean, I know he was a sort of comic relief, and I didn't mind the comic relief aspect of it. I mean, Christ, you definitely need it with this more miserable universe that they've got going on. But by the same token, he almost was a bit of a useless wet fart in the yeah. first one. He, he was scared of everyone. He didn't really know what he was doing. He was causing more problems than creating solutions. Whereas this time, he was still the comic relief, but very much when it was down to business he got he rolled his sleeves up and got involved in there they've cut scenes the scene you mentioned where he lands on Wonder Woman which I believe was a stunt double and to be fair if I landed on Wonder Woman I'd probably shatter a spleen <laughs> because going back to pulling clothes out the wardrobe my problem this week is finding things that fit <laughs> it's a bit like the twits in my house I'm sure they've shrunk <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking it's more to do with the fact that I've grown. I don't know. Maybe all those kebabs shouldn't have been eaten. <laughs> you should have um, stuck to just one pack of biscuits. They've taken that out. They've actually redone the scene where he's a bit, you know, I don't know, and Batman talks him into it, where he now is flashing down. Not flashing, that's a different connotation. <laughs> I, I got thrown out of Asda's doing that. But he's flashing down the staircase to make sure everybody gets out, and then he saves the people from getting crushed. That was good. They've given a better backstory so you understand quite like the touch where because he's moving so fast his shoes fly off if you ever hit anyone with your car funnily enough your shoes do fly off <laughs> yeah he was I mean I didn't particularly enjoy his intro bit you know with the pet shop job thing I thought that was a bit shit I didn't really feel like I needed that I quite liked the whole CTTV bit and then when Batman winds up in his chair and he turns up I actually thought that was sufficient for me in terms of the flash I don't have any problems with that and I, I think the whole Justice League team felt a bit more team orientated in this one didn't they they tended to do things as a collective there was less backfighting amongst themselves they were a bit less threatening with one another they were happy to work together there seemed to be more of a plan of action I mean the digging up of Superman seemed to be some weird grave diggery fetish for Batman in the first version whereas in this one it was very much a, a collective yeah let's see if we can revive him plan yeah and they also added in that scene where where Aquaman's talking to Wonder Woman. That alludes to the comics where there's a battle between the Atlanteans and Amazonians. When she says that we've not spoken for thousands of years, it's a kind of a alluding to that. So that was quite nice. And it also broke the scene up because you just don't want to see two people digging a hole. <laughs> um, the good thing, which also probably because of the over-sexualization of it all, what you were referring to is they took the scene out where Aquaman's telling Wonder Woman how fit she is because he's sitting on the lasso of truth up his chuffer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just going, oh, oh, you're beautiful. 
Lord have you. The other thing, the answer with the Martian Manhunter is that when they showed this in the cinema, it was always referring to the seven will unite. Well, there's only six if anyone's good at maths. And that's including Superman. That was the thing that always baffled me. I don't know anything about the Martian Manhunter, but obviously leading up to the Justice League release, I'd gone on to have a read about the Justice League. And obviously the Martian Manhunter was repeatedly mentioned, but didn't seem to feature in any of the trailers. He obviously hadn't had a film. So I didn't know anything about the guy. And then when he didn't turn up, it sort of felt like they decided to cull the Justice League, but without an explanation as to why. My biggest bugbearer, the new music every character <gasps> all that shit going on it's like come on people it's like literally in the corner some woman just doing operatic shouting for about 20 minutes and slow mos well that's why it's four hours it's in slow fucking motion that's why <laughs> everyone gets a slow mo from multiple angles as well yeah. it's like well, someone's going <laughs> Alan Jones. Do you know the one thing that I do feel that the Justice League needs to embrace? It's technology. So if you're digging up a grave and you've got Batman as part of your gang, one assumes you could probably get a digger to dig it up instead of having to use a shovel and slowly dig a hole, which would take hours instead of five minutes. The Amazonians, forgive me, but in a world of emails and text messages, why do you need to send an arrow that's on fire and set fire to a temple? knowing full well that the chances are man are going to go who's just set that on fire bloody vandals kids honestly kids today and by their own admission Diana doesn't necessarily know what that means so they basically set the temple on fire and Diana's going which dickhead has set that on fire and then of course they've bent the whole story to the point of no return so she goes oh it must be this oh really it must be this Diana how did you find that out love did they send the arrow and then follow up with a text message going just in case you've seen an arrow um, this is what it means and she's looking at the arrow going "Ah, right, makes perfect sense now open up attachment for an explanation video exposition here yeah I mean it's Artemis's arrow which is the one that injures Darkseid at the beginning it's so they can put in the new scene where she does her Temple of Doom thing and finds all of the cave drawings because that was rubbish as well I mean that served very little purpose it'd be better off that she just knew the story well also she turned up in the whitest skirt and heels. I mean, it's like an episode of CSI Miami when they turn up to a crime scene in a pair of white slacks and heel boots. It's like, there's blood everywhere, love. And if she's 5,000 years old, presumably she's been old enough to be told the stories of things like this. Yeah. (laughs) I've got nothing. When you see Wonder Woman, you know she's being trained because they keep it from her because they won't let her fight, but she wants to fight and then she ends up doing it secretly because that's the difference. The Amazons are hardcore. She's proper hardcore. Yeah. And the other thing is, They've given her all the good weaponry. Yeah. They've got bows and arrows. She takes the sword and the lasso and all those bracelet things. They don't look like I was wanking off a ghost there. Um... (laughs) Basically, they've got all those bracelet things. And they go, by the way, you're not going to need them when Darkseid comes. It's like, no, we've got arrows and horses, all that stuff. That's rock hard. <laughs> and 100 people just standing around this box waiting. waiting for it to kick off. I was expecting Dave to turn up with a flask and some sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> a, a mug of soup. 
Yeah, and then the one person who gets away, not only have they just dead, but the whole building just falls into the sea. It's like, they're proper dead now. For what? Because Darkseid and all the parademons just fly out the bottom. You brought me nicely back onto the big baddies because we get told that the anti-life equation is on Earth, at which point I went, the what a what be what? Would you like me to tell you what it is? Well, I, I do. I should say, before you give the explanation, this kind of brings me back to the, this shit should be explained to me in the film, not by a mate who has to explain why he didn't understand the significance of what seems to be a relatively important plot point. Plot point that you didn't know about in the weeding cut. Well, it didn't even exist, did it? No. So it's a plot point you didn't know. Now you do know, but you still don't know. I'm happy to give you the explanation of what it is. Please do. So the anti-life equation is a mathematical formula that proves the futility of existence and free will and therefore in the wrong hands, the formula can be used as a terrible weapon which has the power to brainwash and, and enslave entire world. Right. So there you go. That's what it is. I, <laughs> I mean, again, presumably this was going to lead to Darkseid coming to Earth in the same way as in the Marvel movies, Thanos comes to Earth to get the missing Infinity Stones. That's obviously gone to shit because it's now not part of the canon, is it? They're completely ripping up this whole universal thread and sort of starting again. Well, they're not really sort of starting again because they're still producing Wonder Woman films with the same person. They're talking about potentially bringing Henry Cavill back to do a Superman movie. They've recast him, haven't they? Oh, have they? Because there was talk they might bring him back again, but... That's gone. I think he's asking for a wage increase for Witcher. Yeah, well, Ben Affleck is obviously hung up his cowl so that's done and dusted it yeah it just feels a bit silly but anyway. well this is where the Snyderverse would have worked really well because you would have had Ben Affleck's The Batman you would have had a cyborg movie Young Justice League I think was going to be something they were playing with and then Suicide Squad came out bombed being rebooted as The Suicide Squad they've done another Batman film apparently there's two more Joker films being done it's all disjointed and because as you rightly say it's all part of this worlds of DC it means it's fine we can do as many films of the same thing but it's different universes and there will be fatigue because again you're just seeing another film that you've seen before Marvel are doing it in reverse a wonderful way they've done it they're using the multiverse where the failures of the past are being brought into the success story so all the Spider-Man films that didn't do very well Spider-Man 3 allegedly is going to bring in the previous Spider-Man into the multiverse and because it's being managed by Marvel Sony are just funding it it'll be wonderful done but it's the opposite of what DC are doing which is shitting all over the bed I do feel the baddies in this film are a bit better. We've mentioned this briefly earlier on because there's a lot more context and backstories to them. Both Steppenwolf, Darkseid, they all sort of add a little bit of extra fear. Gravitas. Yeah, gravitas. Even to the point where I really liked at the end when they've just fired Steppenwolf minus his head through that portal and there's that moment where they're just having a stare off through the portal at one another. I thought actually that was quite good. It felt like Darkseid was a bit like, yeah, I'm going to come and have a go at you lot. I reckon I could do that. And they're all standing there going, yeah, go on, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. And it felt quite good. I, I was a bit, yeah, yeah, I'll have some of that. Obviously, for it to be completely destroyed by the fact that we're not going anywhere with that story anymore. That is the sad part because you do see, like, obviously, Dessard, who was the right-hand man to Darkseid and Steppenwolf. And you also see Granny Goodness. Yeah. 
Well, they, so she, she didn't even say out, did she? No, I think she looked after all the army. If it was going to introduce these people, it was the equivalent of, you know, when you see Thanos and he's got all of his underlings. Unfortunately, again, they just closed the chapter on it, really. The one thing that was cut out, which surprised me slightly, was the Superman Flash race at the end, who's fastest. I actually quite like that scene. Well, it's been done. It's done in Supergirl, where the Flash has a race with Supergirl, and it's a trope from the comics. So they were throwing it in as a bit of an Easter egg. I didn't think it said, any purpose simply because his moustache looked shit in the comics you know, who's the fastest it's like the Flash supposed to be the fastest man alive but in fact he isn't because there's about 14 different speedsters over the period which he's created by the way for being so fucking fast he's gone back in time and changed the timeline so he's not the fastest anymore dickhead um, I'm glad it ended the way it did well it ended with Lex Luthor didn't it and Deathstroke well it ended with those because they were to be the Injustice League but what you had in the Nightmare Vision is Deathstroke has clearly joined forces with Mira and the Joker. Interesting thing about Deathstroke, aka Slade Wilson, Marvel riffed the character when creating Deadpool, actually calling him Wade Wilson. They've literally stolen Deathstroke on purpose, called him Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> that's a different thing that's not yeah, going yeah. there. He's a good worker. <laughs> bit of backstory to Slade Wilson Deathstroke he joined the military at the age of 16 by lying about his age and he got his abilities through a military experiment which according to the authority failed but Slade just decided to make use of his abilities as Deathstroke right seen quite recently in season 2 of Titans and also season 1 and 2 of Arrow okay top tip now one of the things that you didn't like which you haven't mentioned is the way it was shot it was shot in a 4-3 ratio specifically because it was designed to be on general release in IMAX but also the reason Zack Snyder chose the 4-3 ratio of the screen because we're usually used to the standard widescreen is because he wanted to frame character movements more centrally because a lot of the characters fly or jump right I I mean to begin with it was a little bit weird to look at and it felt like I was watching a 1980s sitcom or rewatch yeah it was was like watching something like The West Wing in season 1 but you very quickly forget that a bit like when you're watching the film and you've got the two black lines at the top and the bottom of a screen. When you start to become engrossed in what's going on, you kind of forget the bit. So to be honest, it didn't bother me after five minutes. Uh, I wasn't offended by it. And certainly when you explained it, it makes sense why it is that he did it that way. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. it's fine. I mean, it's not a subtle movie, is it? Pretty much from the get-go, there's a lot of banging and blowing up and stuff crashing and putting... Yeah. Before we do a roundup of what our overall opinions were of the film, were there any Easter eggs that I've missed out? We've probably covered a few, but I picked up on some which were quite cool. So Uncle Ben, Spider-Man's uncle, is dead in the DC universe. We see his name on the memorial stone that Flash ends up getting thrown into. Bruce Wayne tells the Flash that he has six satellites, which is quite clever because if anyone remembers the fight between Superman and General Zod in the Man of Steel, they destroy one of his satellites satellites so he did have seven and now he's got six originally the scene that was shot john stewart with the green lantern that was going to be used ryan Choi appears he's the character atom there's a cameo from Zack snyder who appears in a coffee shop when lewis lane comes yeah out. she's getting a daily brew and apparently so the story goes he was storyboard
recording that particular scene whilst having a coffee and cameo in in the same scene so quite meta Jimmy Olsen who appeared in the original Superman appears as the cop guarding the memorial which is an altered scene because originally he appeared as the booking officer in Central City and then we see a mechanised Storo which is the parasitic hive from the comic set to appear in the James Gunn reboot of Suicide Squad the other one the game that Cyborg is playing the American football game the scoreboard is sponsored by Wayne Industries I had a couple of other ones um, because obviously Zack Snyder's daughter killed herself on the back of that I think a lot of the DC fans did a fundraiser to I presume help support charities who help people with mental health issues and the like and in the scene where Batman and the Flash get into his car and drive off there's actually a billboard on the wall which promotes that charity for which they raised the funds as a little nod as a thank you to the fans who did that I missed that out on purpose because that's the reason why Jack Snyder's not in my good books because oh. the YouTube people geeks and gamers are the people behind that and they invited him onto a live link up where he very quickly disowned them oh right why I don't know whether the rumour is that he was told by DC to do it but basically they invited him on they got him on and the first thing out of his mouth is I just want to say make it clear that we are not connected to you in any shape or form and as a result of that all of the money that was being raised $100,000 dropped off you should see the poor guy's faces there's about seven of them they're all geeks and they do what we do I don't know the backstory but the review shows like we are a bit irreverent and we say what we see seven of them got together set up this thing that you're talking about they got Zack Snyder on apparently he rang before coming on live and said I'm going to tell people that we're not connected in any shape or form and he disowned them live on YouTube and as a result the people that were giving money to the charity you speak of that they'd set up and actually helped him reboot his vision he basically said just want to make it clear that we're not anything to do with you oh dear I thought that was a bit wrong because these guys put hours of time into reviewing DC stuff they're proper geeks proper nerds you should have seen their little cheeky faces I'll send you the link fantastic well on that note let's give our final reviews of the film so uh, in your opinion good bad was it four hours wasted was it four hours well spent I have to say I didn't feel the four hours I actually liked a lot of the things he'd done and corrected I felt it gave justifiable character development problem I have and I scored it the same as you three out of five that you, you gave on your review I would have given it exactly the same and the reason why is because I thought it was okay it didn't disappoint it's sad that they're not going to do anything with it it's basically going to be put into a cupboard my main thing is why it's not going to be mind-blowing is if DC have to keep remaking or rebooting movies to improve them then they need to step aside and allow better writers or directors to take the helm when you've got Marvel which is a prime example to weave a narrative tapestry and create characters that we can as a viewer buy into and become emotionally connected that's the key we shouldn't have to be force fed four hours worth of exposition to enjoy a film that we're never going to see any more from and if you have to keep rebooting them then we're going to spend 20 years having the same Batman films so that's, yeah. my, that's my reasons yeah as you said I gave this three out of five stars and I suppose I would probably say it was closer to four than it was to two it's much better it fills in a lot of gaps I enjoyed it more I was pissed off less but the two main things that I couldn't shake from my head were number one there was no universe upon which this was standing and that meant it felt like it was a a very paper thin brick wall as it were and number two it's not canon so it's not going anywhere so you couldn't really become invested in anything because you knew it wasn't then gonna there was nothing to then get excited about further 
down the line that will be a payoff from what it was that you're going through right now and four hours is a long time and I say that insofar as if you can't tell a more detailed story in four hours you shouldn't be making films four hours is more than enough time to make it better so it should have been better because it's bloody four hours long the reason why I keep mentioning the four hours is because people like me and you and probably the people who are listening to this show will sit and watch a four hour film like this because that's our bag that's our thing people like my missus who quite enjoy watching films like this would not in any way shape or form watch four hours of this film and so you're very much isolating yourself from a big chunk of audiences because of the length of the film my parents won't watch this film there's no way my parents would watch a four hour film and yet they love the Marvel films my missus won't do so there's people within my wheelhouse who just will not watch this and I think that's a shame because I think they could have definitely culled it down to three hours very easily and not lost any of the story and I don't quite understand why he didn't do that you've hit the nail on the head I think it's isolated a lot of potential viewers and because we are particularly in a situation with lockdown now it's gone straight to HBO how many subscribers are there to HBO Max Mm. my parents don't subscribe to that they're never going to see it they wouldn't be going to the cinema the only way they would see that is if it was on Sky it it is actually I watched it on Now TV oh Now TV yeah it's on Now TV which I assume means it's probably on Sky as well but still it's four hours and as soon as anyone looks at the runtime, they will make a decision as to whether they can or will want to afford that length of time I mean it's not even just an evening is it you've got to start if you start watching it at six you're not finished until ten at night so it's proper tea time to bedtime sort of a a commitment and for some people that's too much the other thing is you've got to know the other films haven't you you're watching this four hour film it introduces you to characters a bit more than the other one did but if you still don't know them well you're not going to know any more than what the film tells you and even then as we've established in this podcast there's bits that haven't been explained that you should really have been told about so anyone who isn't a fan but no chance they're just watching a popcorn movie that is essentially the equivalent of one and a half James Bond movies yeah so if you agree with us if you disagree with us get on the socials you'll find the review for the Justice League on there now throw your comments in tell us why we're wrong tell us why we're right tell us what your thoughts are if you want to send an email to the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk we'll read them out on the next show if you enjoyed the show then you can like and subscribe if you like and subscribe to the Two Marks channel, then you will actually get all of our shows. So you'll get a film policy, you'll get a new TV show that we're releasing called Netflix. You've got the Disco Fever and the Picard Talk shows, which cover the, the two Star Trek series. There's loads of stuff out there. And if you go to the Two Marks, you'll get all of it in one place, as opposed to all the individual channels, which you might be listening to on this one. So without further ado, Mark, I think we've done that, haven't we? We have indeed thank you all for listening tune in next time see you later guys bye bye Excelsior check out all our shows exclusively on thepodstation.co.uk